Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have Andy and Ruth with me. Andy, how are you? Is he paused? What a great start. What really, really great start. Hey, Ruth, how are you? I, can I, I'm very well and Andy couldn't be frozen on a better face, I don't think. Oh, he's back. How are you, Andy? <laughs> I was going to say standard, just as I was about to say hello, and it's like, well, <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Well, I was. I'm just going to be completely transparent. I have the worst PMS I've had in so long. I'm not really sure why, but I'm like, nothing is wrong. I'm just very irritable, like very irritable. At least I'm self-aware enough to realise that this is this is just what's happening. So I've decided not to make any big decisions. I was very close to being like, I think I should book a flight to Mexico. And then I, I was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll just book a flight to London first. And then I'll I'll make that decision when I'm in a better headspace. <laughs> That's good what I'm plan. Like. Yeah. Good plan. Although but- I do think the Caribbean Sea would be good for you. <laughs> I, I do as well, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Look at my hands are so red from being outside. It's freezing. Mm. It is not warm. I don't know what it's like down with you, Ruth, but up here it is fucking Baltic. I mean, it's cold, but um, I'm really cold for here, but I just have a sneaky feeling that you guys have got it colder. <laughs> I, think <laughs> it, I think at the moment, let me check, it's probably minus two. Okay, it says seven degrees here, so. <laughs> but it's been much colder. It says seven degrees. It's definitely been, like, frosty and cold, but no, not not like yeah. Scotland. It's well cold, isn't it? That'd the other day, I got a brain freeze walking down the street. It didn't help that you were having an ice cream in the middle of December. <laughs> you were not. <laughs> I was like, were you actually? Sorry, yeah. My uh, brain is slow today. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> it's got PMS. I'm not with it. Andy's just going to be cracking jokes and I'm not going to get it. It's going to be... <laughs> Andy, as a comedian, is it the worst thing ever when you have to explain your jokes to someone? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, yeah that's, not, that's not really what you want. <laughs> it's not fun. Okay, shall we crack on with L questions? Yeah. Okie dokie. I've got a first one. It says, is it necessary to increase your weights when they get slightly easier to lift? I train at home with dumbbells. I started out with very light weights and have been gradually increasing the weight. Do I have to keep going or how would I know when to stop? Will it be will it still work if it's less hard to lift? I don't really have a performance goal. I just like to be fit and strong and reduce my risk of osteoporosis mainly. Sorry, this question is so long. Thanks. It's a great question. I know, I know it's a great question. Not too long. <laughs> um, so should you be increasing your weights? Ideally, yes. Now, the limitation with that at home is often that like you run out of dumbbells and you don't just want to keep buying more. So you, you, your options are get heavier dumbbells or... There are numerous ways that you can create what we call like progressive overload, i.e. increase the volume that you're lifting without increasing the weight. 
So you can increase the reps or you can do slower sets that put more stress on the muscle. Um, there's loads of ways you can do it. And like we, I mean, we, the fitness industry, I would say, got very good at this in lockdown because everyone had limited kit, right? And, and you might've been like, well, all I have is a five kilogram dumbbell. Okay, cool. What can we do with that? And there's always stuff that you can do. So you can make it harder without necessarily always increasing the weight. Um, Andy, do you have anything to add on that? Um, no, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the one the one um, thing, the one issue that you have with home workouts is the ability for progressive overload. But as Emma's already mentioned, you know, probably one of the bit, probably one of the easiest ones is the sort of tempo side of stuff. Slow your reps down. So time under tension, something that you get taught like in the very basics of your level two um using tempo so a nice little sort of set range for that would be like 12 10 8 6 4 all with like three second negative three second concentrics um then a final set of four with the same weight and then just batter as many as you can so like you do slow for five sets and then a, as a, and then up the tempo again for a final set but you can do loads of different there's loads of different ways you can play around with it I do pauses uh, as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um. So you're saying do twelve reps with a three second negative. Yep. Ten reps. And concentric. Yeah, three second negative, three three second down and up. Twelve, ten, eight, six, then four reps. And if you possibly can, is to increase the weight each time. So you would probably start quite light on a twelve and move up to your four. Then your four maximal set is your the weight that you did for your four on the tempo but drop the tempo back to a normal um three one so three down one up so you would increase the tempo on the last set of four and then just try and rep out as many as you can maybe we should tap that one up yeah no if that sounds too complicated for you i'll i'll post it up in the group andy will post it but also just one thing to just do that's really simple is Keep the reps that you're doing at the moment, but just change the tempo. And I prefer you do that first before you start complicating it, because I don't want you to listen to this. Absolutely. Oh my god, I don't really know what you're talking about. It's too much. All yeah. you, all I want you to do is focus on the lowering phase, three seconds. That's it for now. Ignore everything else, and then when we need to progress, tag Andy in, and he will talk you through that. And it's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, not one, two, three. That's not seconds. What? if i'm doing if i'm doing tempo stuff i actually put a, a stopwatch in front of me because i count so quick if i'm having to do eccentrics <laughs> like, it also uh, depends on the exercise if you're doing like eccentrics potentially on something like a split squat your three seconds is what three what three what three <laughs> yeah yes agreed agreed uh question next about deadlifts I tend to do RDLs as I fear for my knees, doing them from the floor, old and creaky from lots of ballet tap as a youth. Are all deadlifts created equal or should I spend some time getting the form right on classic deadlifts? So RDLs and orthodox deadlift are two completely different exercises targeting completely different muscles. There'll maybe be a little bit of a crossover, but in general, an RDL or Romanian deadlift will sort of be targeting hamstrings and a little bit of glutes with a little bit of lower back. Your um, orthodox deadlift, which is from the floor um, in a much different position. So it's basically like the bottom end of a squat 
it's like a squat upwards rather than a squat downwards. Um, is mainly going to be lift, going to be focused on upper to mid back with a little bit of lower in there, obviously for um stabilization of your core. Um, so this is the kind of thing that you have here. Is an orthodox deadlift for me has a lot of a lot of factors that can cause issue. And for me, it's a risk versus risk versus reward ratio. So for me, and personally, it's too much risk for the reward that it gives. So I have another bank of exercises that I can play around with that are going to help me build a stronger back. Um, especially if you've got something like potentially knee issues, that could be something that you do decide that deadlift, an orthodox deadlift from the floor isn't used in your arsenal. And you would look at something like potentially rack pulls. So rack pulls is a deadlift, but from above, just above the knee. Um, you would potentially look at a bit more stuff like um, barbell row, uh, dumbbell row, things like that to sort of hit mid and uh, sort of mid back. Um, but yeah, so dump, deadlifts are completely the two different deadlifts are completely different, targeting completely different things. Um, so yeah, it depends on what the what the goal and where it is you're trying to strengthen. If and um, is exactly what Andy did with me post back surgery like it's just never going to be something that is worth it for me to do a deadlift like even just lifting stuff off the floor hurts my back like it, it so doing a deadlift is not worth it for me I sometimes do RDLs but like Andy programmed around my back to make sure that we were still hitting the right places another thing that I mean I, I like to do is the hex bar as well if it's a bit especially if you're doing it on the higher handles you can keep your back in a, a nicer position, a little bit more upright there. But it's normally but I, the back. Actually, like this probably makes me sound really lame, but I'm sure there'll be other people in this position. Um, both the hex bar bar and the hack squat machine are too heavy for me with no weight on. And that's an issue because then you can't get in the right position. Obviously, like the machine, it's like you can't go any lighter than it. Yeah. And with the, the hex bar, it's like if you don't have bumper plates on it, you're not in the right position anyway so unless that, you raised it up yeah on steps fat, i guess yeah mm. fat in it yeah yeah it's that easier if it's got the weight <laughs> i like a trap bar or a hex bar but um yeah it is an issue because they're normally 25 kilos minimum normally yeah yeah some yeah. of them are 50 kilos as well i know like yeah. strengths ones have got they've got 50 kilo hex bars which are they're beasts but you wouldn't have to load up as much weight. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it would be easy in that sense. Anyway, yeah. I think that's answered, isn't it? I would say. Uh, okay, next one. Would you, would love to know if, oh, this is, okay. Would love to know if I'm the only person with professional goals, feeling, without professional goals, sorry, feeling a bit out of my depth um, after last night's call with all the wonderful women talking about running their own businesses. And that seems a common theme within the group. Not sure where I fit in. I'm a full-time carer for my son who is visually impaired. And I had a craniotomy two years ago for a brain aneurysm, fully recovered, thankfully. But because of this, work slash professional goals are not a priority for me right now. That is absolutely fine. Also, just like a few points here. One, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's amazing that we've got some incredible like business owners in the group. I don't think it's certainly not like the majority of people are running businesses, but it's great that we do attract some of those people. And some of it's so transferable to other areas of life. Having done a lot of mentoring now, like 
a lot of the stuff is is very similar um secondly like you kind of touched on that in the question of like it's not a priority to me great fine there'll be certain areas of people's lives that are different priorities at different times um and that's absolutely fine and we always come back to like what's your values what does your life look like this is why coaching with us is a little bit different so we're not just like pushing a diet and exercise plan on you it's like well, based on you and your goals and your priorities, how do we fit this in around your life? Now, if you're like, I don't really have any professional goals, that's absolutely fine. You don't need, and also one of the worst things you can do is give yourself goals that you don't really care about because then you just beat yourself up for not meeting them, right? And you're holding yourself to, oh, I should really have this goal that I not really want to meet. And then you're surprised that you don't do the work to get there because it's not really mm-hmm. important to you. So it always has to come from, what are your priorities? Now, you've certainly got other priorities that I don't have in my life. And that's also fine. Like I would say, for example, like the majority of people we have are mums. I'm not, you know? So like, it doesn't matter that people have like different life constraints, different priorities, different amazing things within their life that they're working towards. What what kind of like unites everyone and brings everyone together is that you're working towards that goal that is right for you. So I wouldn't like try not to compare yourself to others and think that you have to have the same goals as anybody else. Cause that's kind of the whole point that we're working against is your goals are yours based on what's important to you, not anybody else. So hopefully that reassures you, but obviously reach out in the group if you have any questions or concerns. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. I just put a little comment in there as well, just saying it's it is an important role that she's doing anyway oh, yeah. as well. Like as well, I was like, it's it, people say it with mum as well. Like I'm just a, I'm just a mum, and it's like actually that's kind of a really important role, and it's pretty full on. It's never just, is it? But no, exactly. Especially like you know, being a full time carer. Like of course, it's not technically professional, but it takes up a huge part of your life yeah yeah that's what um yeah exactly uh this one's got to be firmer this question hello any thought on mood around pms getting worse as you hit mid to late 30s uh, uh, no i actually can't relate at all I didn't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> my mood's just always really great all the time oh um, well, she said i've just she said i found well, she said, I find two days before my period these days. I'm just embodying embodying the sad face emoji. Lol. I'm not the sad face emoji. I'm just raging. <laughs> like, I've never known myself to be like this as well. I'm like, what is going on? Can I just say, it hasn't come across in any messages you've sent. So that's good. Like, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> no, like, I'm not. Like... <laughs> No, you're not, I'm read, gen- you're not reading between the lines, Riff, no? <laughs> no, but do you know what? I normally think... Emma's like norm- that, read between the lines. Well, I don't think... Uh, maybe, actually, maybe you've just... I think I only got a message saying, can you check this? That was it. <laughs> so maybe that's why it's, like, fine. It's just <laughs> that, yeah. No, no, do you know what? I'm I'm self-aware enough to know that's how I feel, and I'd like to think, at least, that I don't push that onto others. And And I think that's, like, being an adult as well and being, like... I might feel like this doesn't mean that Ruth has to get the brunt of that like I'm not yeah I'm 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 aware enough to know that I think um what was the question just like it was like do they get worse does mood your 
mood and PMS get worse as as you go through your 30s? Anecdotally, I... yes. <laughs> um, and I will, yeah, I actually think, especially for, for me, and I would say like speaking to my mates, I think similar for quite a few of us of like kind of like mid 30s does seem to get a little bit worse. I don't know if there's a specific reason for that, but I definitely didn't feel the same previously. Don't know if you've noticed that. Oh, Andy, no. no. <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, I've definitely noticed that it's got worse as I've got older, but I'm 41 and um, I kind of just put that down to ageing, I guess. So I, I I know that people get, when as they hit perimenopause, obviously those symptoms can increase. And I guess it would make sense that as you, as you kind of started, I don't know. I, I don't know the science behind it, but it seems to be a thing. And it almost doesn't matter, right? Like if that's your reality, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm feeling like this. Could it be because of this? It's like, it, it doesn't, it almost kind of doesn't matter why it is. If that's the reality that you're living, okay, cool. How do we deal with it? As opposed to being fixated on like, could this be because of this? But it could be because of lifestyle because life changes quite a lot. As you, as you hit your mid thirties, you're probably doing, working more, got more responsibility. Your stress might be a little bit higher and then it would make sense that PMS symptoms would be worse, I guess, in the yeah, sense that... Next tolerant of people like, as well, because there are yeah. a lot of assholes around. <laughs> and you, as you start to age, you understand that I'm not surrounding myself with decades anymore. That's that, ha that happens. You definitely become yeah. a bit more aware of who your people are, don't you? You're like, oh, no, exactly. not my people. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Uh, I, I think the best way to deal with it, or like at least how I manage it, is know yourself well enough to know that I mean if in this question it was like the two days before your period okay fine like chill out a little bit look at your day be like what's the minimum I can do stick to the like um non-negotiable end of your range targets like don't put too much pressure on yourself and then don't make important decisions during that time like don't buy expensive stuff don't book a holiday don't decide don't reply to an email just don't reply to any emails. Don't go to work. Don't know. No, but like, genuinely, if you're feeling annoyed, wait. Yeah, or or just know that, okay, I am more likely right now to react rather than respond. And this is like one of my biggest things. It's like, I always try and respond to things as opposed to react to them. So be more firm with yourself about putting the pause in there because that's the most important part. So when you do get an email that you're like, I just want to reply to this and be like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Sit on it or run it past someone else. I I run a lot of things past Kimberly. She's like, haha, that's really funny. Don't send it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I need Kimberly to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just in life. Do something like that to put like a pause in place and, and know that you're much more likely to be a little bit hot headed and reactive at that time. Um, you know, this book that I'm obsessed with, Master of Change there was a part in it and I need to re-listen to it because I was walking and I was like, oh no, I want to pause this to re-listen. But it was talking about respond versus react. And it was talking about also like uh, the fact that it's like in the Bible, basically. It was like, I oh, can't remember the, shockingly, I can't remember the, the Christian hymn it comes from or the prayer it comes from. But it's basically like, 
Lord, give me the the strength to know. Actually, do you know what? I'm not even going to try and remember that. Um, but his point was, or what was interesting about like the the neuroscience of it is that you can't be both angry and respond to something. He's like, there's like distinct different pathways, and you can't be both angry and respond. And then when you get better at responding as opposed to reacting that's like a, a muscle so like neurons that fire together wire together and you kind of restructure your brain to go to a response as opposed to reaction so as much as at the moment it might be very hard to respond as opposed to react the more that you practice responding not reacting the easier it gets because the stronger that neural pathway is like I think I found it a little bit like a bit like comedy with hecklers. You take a breath, work at what you're going to say, then go at them rather than rather than try to react off the back of it. It's also like having teenagers in the house. Oh, I'm sure that would just be straight away react. Oh no! Oh, well, maybe heavy. I I think maybe <laughs> having a maybe having autistic teenager, you have to not do that, and that's um, <laughs> you that have to kind of not. big deep breath, big deep breath. Anyway. Okay, next question. Did you find oh, the quote? Oh, yeah, I did. And um, I think I did. It says, "Is it? does it start with Dear Lord? I mean, don't all of they them? They all do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dear Lord, please teach me to respond to people, not react. Teach me to be quick to listen and slow to anger. Teach me to speak the right words, no matter what the situation. Teach me to always remember that sometimes the right response is to say nothing at all. And oh, actually, it, you know what? It wasn't that, but that one's very good. Yeah. My my husband says to my boys all the time, and maybe this is something if you've got PMS, you should remember. Sometimes it's better to be kind than right. Oh, I think that's so true. Yeah. 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 But and it's I more enjoyable like... to be right, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so you can know you're <laughs> right, Andy. You just have to be kind. You, you can know it. You'll be right. I don't mind about that. Not that I'm ever right in this house. <laughs> hey, that's true. <laughs> Um, are you in this house andy in this house any house uh okay um hey emma if protein is set for 100 grams what are the other macro splits does it even matter my fitness power will show me percentage so do i need to be focused on these or does it not matter as much as long as i'm in my range spot on it doesn't really matter so you do have a protein target and we do want you to get a minimum amount of fat. The reason that we don't actually talk about that so much is because most people easily hit it anyway, but your minimum fat should be like at a bare minimum 0.5 grams per kilogram body weight. And probably I would prefer closer to one gram per kilogram body weight, but most people hit that without even thinking about it, which is great. You know, if you're, if you're following the basic principles of let's get in a few good sources of fat each day, and like maybe a few oily fish per week if you're not vegetarian or vegan then you don't really need to worry about it too much the percentage of carbs doesn't matter in the slightest now the reason that we don't give you percentages of all of them is because when you do that quote unquote flexible dieting becomes massively inflexible like it's actually very hard to hit specific macros every day without being massively over analytical about everything that you eat and then you end up just just being like, I can't be bothered to do that. And either going off track with your diet or just eating the same things every day because you know it'll hit your exact carb numbers, which are arbitrary anyway and really don't matter. 
So we want you, like, I want you to have some days that you have more carbs and less fats and some days that you have more carbs, but more fats and less carbs. And like, I want that flexibility. So that's why we don't set them, but also it's not going to impede you. If anything, it's going to help you because it will be easier for you to stick to your diet and you don't lose more fat for making your diet harder and more complicated than it needs to be. Like you need to be in a consistent deficit. You need to get in enough protein. Don't worry about the rest too much. There you go. Okay, perfect. Um, hello, excited to be part of Commit 42. I am currently aiming for fat loss and I have quite a few social events coming up. I was wondering if you have any tips for managing calories for this. I've had quite a, uh, sorry, I've had a bit of a history of restricting and overeating. So I want to be mindful not to fall back into that cycle. Thank you. You want to start? Yeah, yeah I can start. Um, I would say being proactive is going to be key. So, you know, the social events are coming up, which I think is great. Uh, three to one is the thing that I would focus on. So a lot of people know that events coming up. So during the day, they eat nothing because they know they're going out in the evening, but all that tends to do is mean you're playing catch up all evening. Um, so I would still eat your breakfast and lunch as planned and have those planned so that they're high in protein and, um, you know, kind of around where you want them to be. And then you know where you are calorie-wise for the evening anyway. And it might be that without restricting heavily, you might have gone like a little bit down, 100 calories down, so you're averaging still around the same. Um, and then when you're out, it's being mindful, making choices of what you're going to do before you go out. As Emma will say with the clear thinking, that was a favorite uh, recently, wasn't it? Like having a plan. Mm -hmm. So going out and having, uh, saying to yourself, I'm going to have this much wine. If you're going to drink, you've got a plan. It's like, I'm only going to have a couple of glasses of wine. And then maybe avoiding the bowls of snacks that are out that you're helping yourself from and instead having the dessert that you've planned to have it's kind of just not being caught unawares really just going out with an idea and knowing that it's not gonna derail the whole of your kind of fat loss journey if it's just that one evening you just get back to the normal routine the next day yeah I think one of the most eye-opening realizations is when you realize that if you choose your indulgences and enjoy them, but also be very mindful about them. So not like, like Ruth was just saying, not the random like nuts and like crisps and stuff that you just kind of pick out, but you don't really enjoy and you can't even register having, like have a hard and fast rule of, I don't have that. I choose what I'm going to have. And that might be like, oh, I really, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to the bread basket. Okay. So you're going to have one piece of bread from the bread basket sit and actually enjoy it and think about what you're eating and slow the hell down but then you might think actually that first piece of bread was a puck yes I really wanted it but the second one isn't and it's it's usually that it's like the poisons in the dose right so like when you realize that you get the most joy from your first glass of wine and the second one is just adding calories but you're not enjoying it half as much it's like the law of diminishing returns. Okay, I'm, I'm getting the biggest bang for my buck in terms of calories versus enjoyment of food for that first glass of wine or that first slice of pizza. But the second one, I, I actually don't really need because I got all the enjoyment from the first one. I got the vast majority of the enjoyment from the first one. Once you start to realize that and you realize that actually it's not, like you're not missing out, you get to enjoy it and stay on track 
that's a huge shift for people. Like I'd say that's one of the biggest shifts mm-hmm. with our clients is like, oh my God, like I can actually do this, this moderation thing and I can enjoy myself and stay on track with my diet. Now, this is hard. Like it, it I make it sound like it's quite easy. But it's hard. And initially you'll have that thought in your head of like, oh, well, I've had a piece of pizza now. I may as well eat three or I've gone off track now. I may as well keep going or it's like you've eaten maybe a little bit too fast or it is quite hard to stop. And and I would normally say it is the speed of it because you're like, oh, I'm still really enjoying this pizza. And then you have like five slices and then you're like, oh, I really could have stopped at the second one actually and probably got just as much enjoyment from it. So I would just be, use this as a bit of a test. I want everyone to kind of think about this. I think the last podcast that came out spoke about this actually, but see December as a real test of exactly what what we want you to get and I'm hoping what you want to get out of coaching which is enjoy your life eat the food that you want to eat have drinks if you want to have them have a social life like live your life to the fullest but also realize that you can be in a deficit doing that if fat loss is your goal like you don't have to choose there's, there's not shouldn't be this big false dichotomy between the two and this is a great time to test that and like the overarching thing I want people to get from this time of year, especially, but this goes for all times of year really, is like, if you're gonna go and have a mince pie, choose it as an empowered choice, enjoy the hell out of it, and then get back on track. Or don't have it, it's an empowered choice, you don't want it, you've decided that it's not in line with your goals or it's not worth it for you at the moment, fine, that's an empowered choice too. What we don't want is you to have the mince pie and then beat yourself up mentally for the rest of the night because you've gone off track with your diet. And it's like, there was no point even having it because you've ruined the enjoyment of it with guilt. So either choose it, enjoy it, or choose not to have it and give yourself some damn credit for being like, I've chosen not to have that because it doesn't align with my goals. I think that... um... It is when people haven't thought about it in advance that they get that guilt, though, when they've kind of gone, oh, I'm going out this evening, but haven't like thought about what that means. And then they get there and they're hungry because they've tried not to eat so much during the day. And then they eat three mince pies because they've not registered. They just eat it without thinking. And then then they feel bad. But it doesn't it's just not it's not having that plan really in place, isn't it? Like one of the coolest pieces of research is the ever in the whole world (laughs) is that the anticipation of something brings you at least half as much joy as the event itself like as an example Ruth is going to is it Barbados you're going to yeah Yeah, for Christmas the anticipation that you're feeling now and that you you know from booking the flights and talking to your family about it and planning what you're going to do that will give you half the joy that the actual holiday will give you but not like Kimberly, who was quite happy when her New York trip was cancelled. If Barbados got cancelled, I would be devastated. Do you know what's Matt like? So I want to tell the story because it's so good. Um, but Kimberly booked a, a trip to New York with her mum and they planned it all, what they were going to do. And they did the hotels and whatever. And then her mum broke her arm and they couldn't go. And she was like, how great is this? I got the enjoyment of the trip and booking it. And I'm getting the enjoyment of the refund. And I was like, if anyone can reframe a shit situation, like that is gold. But I think when you're thinking about food and and like you're saying, one, it's not having a plan. But two, it's like, you will enjoy that amazing Christmas dinner you're really looking forward to more 
if you go like if you plan it if you anticipate it if you're like oh I can't wait to get there and sit down and have my blanket and whatever you have that that will be part of the enjoyment and then the second part is obviously actually enjoying the food itself but what then you don't want to do is ruin it with the guilt afterwards Mm. yes agreed agreed and actually the next question is pretty much the same same question I think it applies it just said any advice on having the best of both worlds with Christmas nights out so I'm going to mark that as an answer because I'm pretty sure that she'll be happy that we've answered her question as well another episode on like like three top tips for applying like I think a lot of what's useful at this time of year is like having mental models and mental principles to go in with whether that is like so many people buy into like puck yes or no or whether that's like the two from four rule where you're going to choose one or oh, two from four start a main drink dessert and then you're going to choose which ones actually stand out to you the most and have those and then talking through the law of diminishing returns so I'll do another episode on that that will hopefully be useful at this time of year I had a client and we just used to we used to call it her smug Sundays hashtag smug, smug Sunday because the aim was she she always felt rubbish on the Sunday so the aim was like just have a couple and just make make sure you just don't feel rubbish on a Sunday so she'd be up early and walking on a Sunday and she'd be like yep yeah, smug today again which um yeah. hanging the free Sundays Woo! exactly and that like you just don't want your weekend ruined by a hangover do you or it's just rubbish no. Um, anyway, next question. Oh, right. Okay. I did sort of answer this one, but I think it's a good one for the podcast anyway, because I'm sure others have got it. It said stupid and probably repetitive question. Um, I'll ask it anyway. I've got my calorie goal and it's the bottom end. uh, It's, it's bottom end is 200 above what I've been eating and slowly losing on. So I've been on an anxious Annie about upping it and I've got myself confused. Should I be aiming for the bottom of my range? as a minimum or max so if you're if you've got a calorie range the way that we've set it normally it's all going to have you in a bit of a deficit anyway but it's anywhere from like kind of maintenance to your optimal fat loss calories really so if you want to lose fat quicker you want to be on the lower half of that so like mine might be something like if i was coming up to maintenance it might be anywhere between 1500 and 2000 calories 1500 would have me losing fat at a pretty quick rate 2000 would obviously have me around maintenance so if I'm anywhere in between there I'm always moving forward at the end of the day that's kind of the yeah behind the range targets now having like re-looked at these stats with Ruth you are 100% in a very big deficit on those numbers this second part of this is kind of the fact that a lot of people don't track calories very accurately and that is not targeted at you and this is where some people get a little bit defensive everybody is bad at tracking calories like I always like to mention this but even dietitians can't track their calories accurately there's so much research to prove this so it's certainly not like you're bad at tracking calories half of it's that the calories on menus are wrong or the input on my fitness pile is wrong like there's so many inaccuracies that come into this so you might be thinking that you're tracking a certain amount of calories, but you're you're potentially tracking, or you're you're potentially actually eating slightly more than that. And also, if people are tracking, and again, I'm not saying this lady, but this is just historically. But if they're tracking, say, five times a week, because tracking can be, you know, especially if you're tracking at, at lower calories than 
I'd I'd have thought what she was on 200 lower would be quite a significant deficit and quite hard to sustain, understandably. And therefore, keeping that going is going to be pretty hard. So then if you're not tracking, it's likely that you're actually increasing that deficit, like, sorry, decreasing that deficit anyway by eating more. Like, I think even what you said is exactly spot on. When you yeah. set calories too low, you can feel like you're sticking to them, but your consistency is impacted. And actually, trust us on this. Like, And I've worked with actually not far off, like 10,000 women on various programs on this. If you set a higher calorie target and you are consistent with it, you will get far better results. So trust us on this. And, and by the way, this is what your check-ins are for. So, you know, if we do need to tweak your calories, we will. But at the moment, I'm very happy with the ones that have been set. Yeah, I said that to her. So I said, we always look at calories again. Like if there's an issue, we can always look at them again. But as you said. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Nearly there. I have the EIQ live coming up. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's okay. There's two questions, but we'll definitely this one then. Hi, Emma. Uh, I'm sorry. Hi, Emma. As we're on 100 grams protein per day, what part of that goes to actually repairing and building muscle? We obviously don't use all of it to grow muscle. So what happens to the rest of it if we don't use it for that? Good question. So your muscle or it, protein is in a constant state of flux within your in your body. So there's always rates of muscle protein synthesis versus muscle protein breakdown going on. Protein stored in a slightly different way than carbohydrates and fats. That's why we're quite like, this is a daily protein target, not a weekly average, because it does actually matter for you to have like consistent protein intake. Now the extra protein will just be used as calories. So it's not like it goes somewhere specific or acts in a particularly different way. So if you're having more protein, it will just be used as excess calories. Now, there is a slightly higher thermic effect of food there, and it takes a little bit more for, for your body to break down protein. So you'll absorb slightly less of those calories. But for like all intents and purposes, that doesn't really matter. Extra protein would just be used as like extra energy. You can, I mean, you can go into the the like science of that and it gets really complicated it's it's actually quite unlikely to happen but protein can be converted into carbohydrate stores but it's unlikely that your body would ever be in a in a state that it would be doing that perfect should we do the last question as yeah there uh, or no go on okay hi reluctance to try and achieve some of your optimal targets Okay, e.g. non-negotiable AM routine is hydrate, chilled music, plus 10 minutes, no screen on wake up. Optimal is at 10, 10 sun salut salutations. Salutations? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, non, yeah non-negotiable, not a problem. Optimal to target is an issue. Definitely feeling a whole load of reluctance to the sun salutations in a can't be asked sort of way. Query, do you tweak your optimal target to do something that you actually want to do? Or do you ha have a talking to yourself, tell yourself to pull your big girl pants on and get on with it, asking for a friend, love? <laughs> well, you can tell yourself. Honestly, your targets have to be specific and appropriate for you and something that you want to do. And 
it sounds to me that like you don't like sun salutations or you're not getting that much from them like often the reason I don't want to do something is because I can't see the point of it in fact that's normally always my issue ADHD brain probably is part of that but if I don't see the point in something I won't do it hence why I don't really watch tv right I don't like computer games stuff like that I'm like if there's not a specific reason I find it quite hard to motivate myself now sounds like maybe that might be part of it of like oh I set myself these like yoga exercises to do but I don't really enjoy them and maybe you're not feeling much benefit from them so that Mm. could be part of it and maybe set something that you can directly see is more in line with your goals the other thing I would say is for my morning routine my optimal versus non-negotiable isn't actually a different morning routine it's just how many days a week I do it so like optimal would be every day but non-negotiable is like midweek so like Monday to Friday that's what I did as well for mine when I wrote it on there I I put exactly the same morning routine that seems quite I don't know maybe I was was thinking that that with the chilled music 10 minutes no screens and then she'd do the 10 minutes sun salutations afterwards I was thinking it was 20 minutes but it isn't is it it would still be 10 minutes yeah oh is is she doing them while the music is on I was assuming that she she doesn't need to do 10 minutes with no screens and and then 10 minutes with um the sun like I assumptions Ruth I don't know (laughs) but like I, I would say as well my morning routine takes me like four minutes yeah but also while like fit it into your life like mine is literally walk to the kitchen put on the kettle do my pull-ups do my push-ups do my squats make the coffee and then when I'm walking back out the kitchen do my pull-ups do my sit-ups or do my press-ups do my squats so like it actually doesn't really add anything to my day so it's very easy to do and then yeah I do my 10 minutes of planning for the day but I kind of like I have to do that anyway so but there is an element isn't there that you do kind of to begin with probably have to make yourself do it like as in getting started like I don't know if I would be bothered to get up for 20 minutes every day to do that unless I felt a very specific benefit from it Mm. Mm. yeah building habits is difficult it's not it's not an easy thing and this is why you need to put this is why you've got to put the you have to put the work in to get it and if, as Emma says, if it doesn't work for you, you change it up and make it work for you. Like my my morning routine is basically 40 minutes out with the dog, but I'll do, it's quiet time for me. I can have a scroll through um, the Mighty Network, see what's going on and just bits and bobs like that. That's my, my morning routine suits. And I do that, as you say, non-negotiable six days a week, optimal, or sorry, non-negotiables Monday to Saturday. And if I can do it on a Sunday as well, happy days. It also helps that you have to do that or it's like animal cruelty. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's not as cruelty to me because the bloody dog's up at half past five looking at me going, right, are we walking now? I'm like, I've can create a, create a monster. Yeah, yeah, that's formed a routine. and Yeah, the dog's like, right, this is my non-negotiables. Get your arse up. <laughs> it's all good. All right, amazing. Thank you both for your time and for your brains. Thank you for the excellent questions. We will be back shortly with another one. That's all. Ciao.